0: The fifth chapter of the book of Daniel, verse 9, Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his Lord's will astonished. And then in verse 30, And in that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldean slave. The story of Belshazzar, I think, takes on a very living and vital interest as we get an understanding of the condition and surroundings under which his last great feast and his untimely death occurred. Perhaps the city of Babylon itself should be described. Babylon was said to be one of the wonders of the day. The city lay about four square, 15 miles each way, surrounded by an impregnable wall with its many hanging hanging gardens and marvelous towers, and the river Euphrates running running directly through the city. It was reckoned among the wonders of the world. At the setting of our story tonight, the city was being besieged by the hordes of Medes and Persians. Unknown to Belshazzar, they had been working day and night, changing the channel of the river and turning it around the city that they might march their armies into the city upon the emptied riverbed. The night of Belshazzar's drunken feast, this feat was accomplished, and the city fell, and Belshazzar died. I want you to look with me tonight at this Old Testament character. I want you to look at him, first of all, in the way that he lived. Look at Belshazzar in life, and second, I want you to look at him in death. First of all, I want you to notice how he lived, and second, how he died, because a man usually dies like he lives. Show me how a man lives, and I'll show you how the man dies, because he usually dies like he lives. And so Belshazzar, I think, first of all, find out, we find in the Bible, first of all, that Belshazzar was a pleasure seeker. He was a pleasure seeker because he said he made a feast to a thousand of his lords and ladies and drank wine before the thousands. Feasting at a time when he should have been fasting. Feasting at a time when the enemy was at the very gate of his city. I think Belshazzar must have been a man of very low ideals to feast at such a time as this. I think his whole philosophy of life was bound up in this. Eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow you die. I think sometimes about people. I, I'm preparing a message now on the laughing world and the weeping Jesus. The laughing world and the weeping Jesus. I'm getting it ready to preach and not to a far distant future. And I think of Jesus as he came into the city. And as they cast the palm branches and passed the robe down before him and shouted Hosanna. And Jesus standing there looking over the city of Jerusalem. And his heart was broken. He wept. Why? Because he saw the city that he loved. He saw the people of his own kin. He saw the city devastated. And the people driven away among the nations. And when he saw that it broke his heart. And Jesus wept. The laughing world and the weeping Jesus. And I said I wonder why he could weep. I wonder how the people could laugh. And carry on when he would have a broken heart and weep. What was the difference between them? I think first of all that Jesus wept he wept intelligent tears he said if thou hadst known that which pertained to thy well being and welfare thou would have repented in sackcloth and ashes, he said I know what's coming, I know the calamity I know the judgment that's coming upon you and that's the reason I weep while you, I weep while you while you laugh and scorn, not long ago I stood beside the bed of a little child and it was slipping out into eternity but the didn't seem much concerned and the doctor turned away with a sad look upon his face and said do you know why she's rather light hearted? He said, I said why? He said because she doesn't know the condition. She doesn't know the seriousness. But my knowledge of medical science tells me that that child is inevitably going to die. There is nothing that will hold it or keep it. And he said no. And so he had that he had that intelligent tear and Jesus said I know and that's the intelligent tear and then he said also he wet that helpless tear he said I have come that you might have life but you won't come you will not Come unto me that you might have life. And so he stood absolutely helpless before them. And Belshazzar feasting and carousing at a time when the enemy was at his gate. And tonight, my friend, up and down the streets, in and out of the avenues, in the taverns, the places of amusement, the wine is whipppling and the liquor is growing, and the dancers' feet are gliding across, and hilarity going on, and yet while that's going on, the bombers are yonder in Vietnam, and boys die, and the war is moving, and soon the whole thing will come to destruction. And yet he can stand there and have that bar, and have that tremendous feast. You say he was a man of very low ideals to feast at such a time as that. You know what we ought to be doing in this country? I'll tell you what we ought to be doing. Instead of fasting and all the rest, instead of feasting, we need to be fasting. We need to call a national day of repentance and repent of our sin and get on our faces before God and ask God to forgive us, my friend, for the sin and the the lawlessness and the infidelity fidelity of this land. You say, Brother Lincoln, what's wrong about pleasure seeking? Don't you believe in pleasure? Yes, you never looked a fella between two big brown eyes that's getting more fun out of living than I am. But you listen to what the Bible says about it. You listen to what God says about pleasure in this book. He said, pleasure chokes the word of God and hinders it from taking root in the life. He said, "In that the seed, the word of God, was the word of God, which fell among the thorns. When it is, good, when they go forth, they choke by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. Today, my friend, you preach the gospel, but before it has a chance to bring fruit, the devil has snatched it away. And tomorrow, and tomorrow night, in the place of amusement, it's snatched away." What's the second indictment that God brings against the pleasure seeker? He said they're never satisfied. Pleasure seekers are never satisfied. That's the reason the man comes from the party tonight and throws his evening suit on the the couch and takes a gun from a drawer and puts it to his... Temple and blood and brain spatters on the wall. Why? Because it fails to satisfy. Pleasure seeking is like a shot in the arm. It gives you a shot for the moment. But tomorrow it'll take a different, it'll take a bigger shot for a bigger thrill tomorrow. And the thing that thrills you tonight won't thrill you tomorrow. You gotta have a different thrill. And the first thing you know, you're on the toboggan and your brakes won't hold. The first thing you know, you're in the midst of the stream and the current's too strong on the, on the pool for your oars. And the first thing you know, you're over the precipice. That's the reason a young girl stands tonight with her hands upon the bridge banisters and stands for a moment in reflection and then leaps into a watery grave. Listen to me, young people. Tonight. Pleasure seeking is like drinking from the ocean. It's like drinking salt water it never satisfies. Pleasure seeking is like the prodigal son that's down yonder in Egypt and would fain fill his belly with the husk that the swine would eat, and the husk wouldn't satisfy. I was told when I was in Palestine that the long carabine, the long chocolate-colored carabine hanging from a tree that would that Would take it and squeeze the juice out of it And leave over the puppy Like we used to squeeze the juice out of the cane And he said the prodigal son Would have fain filled his belly With the husk that the swine would eat That had already had the juice Already squeezed out of it Let me tell you tonight All that the devil ever offers you Has already had the sweetness squeezed out of it All that the devil offers you Has already had the juice squeezed out of it night and that's the reason you'll never be able to satisfy your soul created in the image of God upon the husk that the swine would eat pleasure seekers are never satisfied the other thing about pleasure seeking the Bible says is this that they are dead in their sins they're dead in their sins he said she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth he that she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she lives and so her in life was a pleasure seeker. And let me say this. The hardest one to win to Christ tonight is not a drunkard. The hardest one to win to Christ is not a gambler. The hardest one to win to Christ tonight is the one that is engrossed in pleasures. I'll tell you tonight that I can go down on the streets of forgotten people tonight. I can go down on Skid Row tonight and I can get a better reception to the gospel of Jesus Christ than I can in some of your so-called elite fashionable aristocratic churches. Why? Because those people, my friend, realize their need of a Savior. They realize their need of a Savior. You listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says the drunkard and the harlot and the libertine shall go into the kingdom of God ahead of you ye lovers of the world ye lovers of the world and some of you say tonight I said young lady will you accept Christ and you said Dr. Nathan one said to me not long ago she said I would but I couldn't give up the dance I just simply love to dance listen to me my friend I said to her when you walk down the streets of the graveyard of the damned and your voice echoes up and down the far off dark blue the only of that midnight world You can say that I'm in hell But I got to dance all I pleased A man said I'd come tonight Dr. Lakin But I couldn't give up my booze I couldn't give up this or that let me tell you something. That'll be mighty insignificant, my friend, when you walk down, when you're enclosed by the chart walls of the graveyard of the dam, That'll be mighty small. That'll be mighty small. You say pleasure-seeking. Pleasure-seeking chokes the Word of God. Pleasure-seeking hinders it from taking root in the life. Pleasure-seekers are dead while they live. Pleasure-seekers are never satisfied. Pleasure-seekers are the hardest ones to win to Christ. Let me say another thing. That Belshazzar in life was given to debauchery. He said he drank wine before the thousand. Debauchery, what a shameful word. How full of shameful, meaningful disgust. The word debauchery. Whoever dreamed that that splendid young man, whoever dreamed that that splendid young man that yielded himself to the society of this world would soon be a blear-eyed, whiskey-soaked, degenerate, staggering, drunken, gloat, uh, dragged the parts and cisterns of this, of iniquity of this world, whoever dreamed it, whoever dreamed that that beautiful girl, as she glided gra- gracefully across a ballroom floor, was on the way to dishonor and shame, whoever believed it, my friend, And that's the reason I say tonight that pleasure-seeking, pleasure-seeking leads to debauchery they go hand in hand they follow the same principle and that's the reason tonight I said stay away from the godless crowd stay away from the godless crowd listen to me tonight the man that tells you about your sin is the man that loves you the preacher that won't tell you about your sin the preacher that won't warn you of what's coming out under doesn't care for you it's your money he's after let me say this tonight says, in life I said was given to debauchery. Another thing about Belshazzar in life, my friends, here is Belshazzar in life. He lived in false security. He lived in false security that's very easy to see he he didn't have any tear he wasn't afraid I think if they'd have gotten an army twice the size they had he still would have felt no fear for his safety he had an impregnable wall he had a big army around him he had so much food he dared to make a feast and I think if they'd gotten an army and, and the river Euphrates ran directly through his city I said if they'd have gotten an army twice that size he still would have felt no fear for his safety. The man of the world tonight lives in that same sense of false security. He lives in that same sense of false security. He said, I have seen the tongue walking through the dry places. I've seen them spreading themselves like the green bay tree. I've seen them defying God himself. Listen to me, my friend. Some of you tonight listening to me. Some of you listening to me, not only here in this great crowd, in this great auditorium, looking out over this great mass of humanity tonight, I know some of you listening to me tonight. You're getting along pretty well now, and you feel pretty secure, don't you? Family's all well. You got money in the bank. You got money in the bank. Family's all well. Got your automobile. Got a good job. Everybody is everybody's in good shape. You don't have anything to worry about. You're like the ritual farmer that went out yonder and looked at his crops and said I don't know what I'm going to do with such an abundant crop then he said this is what I'll do I'll tear down my old barns and fill will build me bigger ones and then I'll say to my soul soul you've got goods laid up for many seasons eat drink and be merry eat drink and be merry and just as he said that God leaned over the embattlements of heaven and watched him as he patted his fat sides and sprinkled his conversation with the personal pronouns and he said thou fool thou fool you wasn't a fool because he had a big barn you wasn't a fool because he had a big crop But he was a fool because he had the wrong estimation of god did you notice what he said he said it was my crops and my barns and my soul not a word about god's rain not a word about god's sunshine not a word about god's giving the ability to make it it was all me and mine some of you listening to me my friend you forget That in God you live and move and have your being. You couldn't draw one breath tonight without God. You couldn't draw one breath without God tonight. Some of you listening yonder down across the valleys and the hills and the hollows down yonder tonight in your home you couldn't even turn on the radio to listen to this sermon tonight without God because your strength is in Him and suppose tonight that God would whisper to you tonight and say thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee And brother, sister, that night may be nearer to you than you've ever dreamed of. Let me tell you tonight, I wouldn't trust myself tonight from the here to the back of this auditorium tonight without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ. You said, listen, God said tonight, God said in his book tonight, boast not thyself of tomorrow some of you said dr lincoln i'll get saved someday and you feel perfectly secure let me say this to you tonight that was Belshazzar in life let me notice with him too let me notice him tonight with you for a few moments in death i showed you how he lived now let me show you for a few minutes how he died first of all my friend the death of Belshazzar was not without warning It was not without warning. Yonder was the big, the big banquet was going on. The music playing the feet of the dancers gliding across the floor. The wine rippling in the glasses. And just at the very height of it, somebody said, look at the king. Look at the king. Look at the king. And his countenance was changed, and the loins of his joints were loosed, and his knees began to smite one against another. And yonder on the wall, by the candlestick, an armless hand with a gruesome finger, writing in characters of fire, Mina, Mina, Tikalufasen, God gave him that warning, and Belshazzar came and made the, and, and Daniel came and made the interpretation of it. All oh, that was done that Belshazzar might repent, but he didn't repent. He didn't repent. Listen, I can stand up on this platform tonight and here before this microphone tonight could talk. Until the sun would come up in the morning. Of the scores of ways that God has warned some of you. That God has warned some of you. But you haven't profited by the warning. He warned some of you by his servants. He said I place you a watchman on Zion's wall. If you see the sword coming. And fail to warn my people. Their blood I require at your hands. Their blood I require at your hands. Listen tonight. God said, I sent my prophets and my preachers to warn you. And he said, I've warned you. And your blood, listen to me tonight, preachers, if some of you are listening to me. Don't forget this. If you aren't faithful in warning people, their blood's going to be upon your hands. 45 years I've been preaching this gospel and I'm going to tell you this my brother as far as I'm concerned your blood will never drip from these fingers your blood will never drip from these fingers because I'm going to faithfully warn you of death and of judgment and hell and eternity. Listen, my friend, tonight, God warned you by his prophets. God said, I warn some of you by my spirit. Listen, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Some of you remember when you sat in the church, Many, many years ago, when you heard the man preach the gospel, you sat there and trembled, and the tears ran down your face, and you gripped the back of a bench until your knuckles became blue, became white, and God was talking to you, and you went home, but not to sleep, and you tossed. On a pillar, though it was downy, God was talking to you. God was talking to you. You say, Brother Lincoln, nothing bothers me now. Why? Because some of you, God said, let him alone. He's joined unto his idols. I said, last night, I think it was, I was preaching the other night, and I went back and said to a man, are you a Christian? And he said, no. I said, will you come tonight? He said, no, I don't feel like it. I said, if you aren't lying, you ought to be scared to death. Why? Because God said there'll come a day when you'll be past feeling. If you really mean that you don't feel like it, God said I warned you by my prophet. I warned you by the Holy Spirit. And another thing tonight, God warned you by certain happenings and certain incidents. I don't think there was any coincidence that placed the young man Saul yonder to hold the cloak of Stephen while they stoned him. And I don't think Paul ever got away from that look on Stephen's face when the rocks pounced upon him. And when Stephen was dying and he looked up into heaven and said, I see heaven opening and Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. The natural position of Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But when that first Christian martyr started home by the root of persecution, Jesus arose and honored him by standing up to welcoming into heaven let me tell you tonight my friend he never got away from that look on Stephen's face maybe it was a narrow escape from death maybe it was a serious sickness maybe it was when you were yonder in a little hospital with four bare walls about you somehow or the other you felt like you were slipping out and you promised God that he'd heal you and let you up You'd be a different man. I was preaching in a city in West Virginia one night. And several nights I talked to a traveling man. But I never could interest him. And so one night I missed him. And the second night I missed him. And the third night... I saw him come in with his arm in a sling, I preached that night, he got up out of his seat and came walking down the aisle on the first verse of the song and put up his hand and I said what about it, he said night before last, driving around the mountain my car overturned my arm was broken and I was pinned under the car ...for two hours, and I promised God if he'd let me out of there, I'd be a Christian. Listen tonight, I buried a little baby one day. and The man stood beside me and put his hand upon my shoulder and said, ...the the father and said, Dr. Lincoln, that's God's call to me to be a Christian. God called some of you. God called you. Every bush is ablaze with God, but only he who sees ever takes off his shoes... And Belshazzar's death, my friend, Belshazzar's death was under condemnation. That's the other thing. He said, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting, not in the balances of his own estimation, not in the balances of what his little club club or clicker crowd thought about him, but you're weighed in the balances of an outraged God. And you're found wanting. Belshazzar knew he was dying. He knew he was lost. He knew where he was going. He knew he was going down. Listen to me, my friend, the old cab driver yonder in the Adirondacks one night dying. And in his delirium, he imagined he was driving his cab in the mountain. And there was a storm raging. And they'd see him as he'd lift the cover now and then with his foot and whisper something. Someone knelt down very close and listened to him. And he said this, I'm going down. I'm going down. I'm going down the mountain. And I can't find the brake. Listen to me, my friend. One of these days you're going down the mountain and you're going to need the break. One of these days you're going down the mountain and you're going to need the break. And when I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyelids close in death, when I soar the worlds unknown, see thee all thy judgment through rock of ages clipped for me. Let me hide myself in thee.